Hey friends, welcome back to the Sending 65 podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz, and today we are joined by the amazing Carolyn Oaks again. We are talking all about Advent, what it is, why it's important, why we should practice it, and really we just get to bask at God sending his only son and looking forward to that son's return. All right. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Sunny and 65 podcast. I am joined by my dear friend, Carolyn Oaks. Today, we are talking all about Advent as we are quite literally entering the season of Advent this week. And Carolyn is wildly amazing. I'm so excited to hear all that God is showing her and teaching her. If you would like, please go back and listen to episode 31 of Carolyn and I talking all about Carolyn's life. That was wildly impactful to my faith and believing that it will be to yours too. So we are just so grateful to have Carolyn here. So hello, Carolyn. How are you? I am doing so well. It's so fun to see you again, Maddie. Can you just give us the the quick bullet points about yourself? So if someone hasn't listened to our other conversation, they know the quick gist about yourself before we hop in. Absolutely. So I um, accepted Christ living in Tehran, Iran um, as, a, as a child, really grew in the Lord uh, later in life at Baylor, just fell deeply in love with Jesus as we went through some deep, painful trials, my husband and I with with our kids and um, health issues, losing twins. But I am a mom, a wife, a grandmother, and a lover of Jesus. And I'm just so blessed to be in a fun season of life where I get to have more free time and more availability to be with people and uh, meet one-on-one with people and just spend a lot of time with family and friends and ministry. So I'm just very grateful grateful follower of Christ and big fan of Maddie Schultz as well. That's an honor because I am the biggest fan of the Oaks family. I Okay, I have to just say this. The Lord has brought to mind again. I was reading Isaiah 61. I'm sure you've read it and know that passage. And literally as I'm reading it, before we were recording this, I was just reading it and praying. And um, in it, it -hmm. talks about... They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I literally in that moment, like thought to myself, God, you were prophetic with the oaks's last name. Like you have totally made them oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So I just, I had to tell you that, that was just really, yeah, I just so look up to you guys. Well, thank you, Maddie. And that verse is just so fantastic, isn't it? And it's for all believers in Christ. And yeah, I I am thankful. It is fun to have that last name as well. But yes, all believers, Oaks of Righteousness, and something that I do pray that will be a display of His glory and a planting of His splendor. The the whole the whole chapter is just wildly encouraging, and I feel like the Lord just refreshed my spirit before we even hopped mm. on. Of like. Okay, that's the call to proclaim this good news to the poor. He sent yes. us to bind up the brokenhearted, hearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release mm. from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. God, I'm so excited to talk to Carolyn and God willing, do that 
for whoever's listening to this, yes. wherever they are. So let's hop in to Advent. So Carolyn, can you tell us what is Advent? Yes, absolutely. So Advent is just that season of anticipation leading up to Christmas. Typically, it starts the weekend of Thanksgiving, so four Sundays before Christmas, but it's just a time of intentionally slowing down to focus our hearts and our minds and our affections on Jesus, God incarnate. He came to earth to rescue his people. I love the um, joy to the world verse that says, let every heart prepare him room. That's kind of the essence of Advent. We want to purposefully, prayerfully remove distractions expose any any idols in our life as we focus and celebrate on that miracle of Jesus's coming, which should make our hearts just long for his second coming. And that's actually what Advent literally means. The Latin word literally means coming or arrival. So as we think about that, how can we prepare our hearts to celebrate his arrival? Started a long time ago. History tells us that it was probably started by monks who fasted to prepare for celebrating Christmas. So it's kind of the saying no to what distracts us so we can say yes and embrace Jesus, fixing our eyes on him just in that reverence and wonder and awe that he deserves. Mm, I love that. I love that last one of the last sentences you said that it's saying no to other things that distract us from him and his coming. I've Oh my gosh, I swear the Lord's providence in bringing you to mind last week to chat with you about this. Ugh, I just love that he already had this planned out even before last week when he put it on my mind. And that's been something I've been specifically wrestling with in my mm. own life. God revealing distractions of the Western world that mm-hmm. I can get so easily lured back into. And God so graciously showing me and being like, no, actually, those won't satisfy and yes. so graciously bring me back in. So I'm, I love mm-hmm. that you said that because I feel like he just keeps saying that to me. Stop mm-hmm. being distracted. Mm-hmm. Do not let the enemy lure you into distraction. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes fixed on me. Yes. So when did you start practicing Advent and why do you practice Advent? Well, years ago in my family, we grew up with having an Advent calendar and an Advent wreath that we just lit candles on Sunday. And then I just kind of fell away from it and, and you know, was still in the word, but just fell away from it. But it was when I had a, we had a, Scott and I had a three-year-old and a three-month-old. And I remember sitting in the Christmas Eve service and I was just so distracted, so frazzled, so stressed. And I was convicted because the pastor was, you know, preaching the Christmas story. And I remember in my mind just thinking, yeah, 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 I heard it. I've heard it before so many times. And then just being convicted of where's, where's the wonder? Where's the awe of Christmas? Cause I was thinking about, oh, I still have to wrap presents. And did we buy batteries for that toy? And all of those different mm-hmm. things. And the Lord just convicted me of uh, you've lost the beauty and the wonder and the awe of my incredible coming to earth. And so even then, as I sat mm-hmm. there, I was just confessing, Lord, I am sorry. Like you, you are right. I'm distracted by all of these different things. And, mm-hmm. 
And so I, I thought, okay, in my Bible study, one of the leaders had shared how she wrapped up a, um, she wrapped up the Jesus, baby Jesus from their nativity scene in plain brown paper and put it under the Christmas tree for her kids to open. And mm. she wanted them to learn the lesson that the very best present came in, you know, not in the be most beautiful wrapping, but just came very plainly and unnoticed by many. Wow. And, but this is the big reason we celebrate. He's the greatest gift. So praying, I thought, okay, you know what? It's not too late this year. I can do that. Like, we're going to do that when we get home. Still have to wrap presents after that we put the kids to bed. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I did that. I took baby Jesus out of our nativity, wrapped him in a little box. Although the next day, Maddie, which I mean, it's very ironic. Um, so the next day we're opening all the presents. And so we, after they're done, I'm looking around realizing, wait, we never opened baby Jesus. What happened? And I said to our oldest, Jordan, what, you know, there's one present we didn't find. And no, we couldn't find it anywhere. I said, you know what? I wrapped up a little brown box. Did anyone see a little brown box? And Jordan's exact words were like, oh yeah, that was just baby Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, oh. like we've all lost the focus of the season. Even my best efforts to try to bring back and sanctify this season, we had lost it. So that's when I thought, mm. okay, you know, and I, mm. Scott and I talked and realized the crazy busyness and pressure of how are we going to do this and this and all the schedules and presents and things that we felt like we had to do for everyone else as well. And we just said, you know what, mm -hmm. we're going to slow down focus. Let's, let's do Advent. Let's celebrate Advent next year. Let's be prepared so mm -hmm. that the next Christmas that happens, we are absolutely ready to celebrate as a family and mm -hmm. longing and focusing and anticipating Christ's coming, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Hmm. I love that. And I love that God even used, like you said, God used Jordan to show you. He's like, yep, like we're all that's pretty That's right. much what we're all doing when exactly. we're not preparing our heart. Like, it was just Jesus. Exactly. Oh, that's what a sweet, I love that brown wrapping paper, wrapping up baby Jesus. I am definitely going to double steal that from mm -hmm. you and your friend. That's That will be impactful, God willing, for our kids years to come. So thanks for sharing that. What has God shown you as you've practiced Advent? Well, the words I keep thinking of are from Luke chapter two, treasure and ponder. And I just think as a mom, as a grandmother, mm. those words just are so powerful. Mary treasures what the shepherds tell her and she ponders them in her heart. Mm. So she values them. She's just mulling them over, considering the beauty and the magnitude of what God was doing. And Mary and Joseph, they both mm. marvel, it tells us then in Luke chapter two. And then even as you go down to mm -hmm. verse 51 in Luke, then it says when they're back in Nazareth that Mary is still treasuring up these things in her heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an amazing heart posture. That's what I want my heart posture to always be. Am I treasuring and pondering mm -hmm. the things of God, the right things, eternal things instead of temporal mm -hmm. things? 
So a great test for me is mm -hmm. where does my mind go when I wake up at night? Um, what am I treasuring? What am mm -hmm. I pondering? Jesus tells us where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what am I setting my affections on? The more I set my affections on him, the more I love him, the more my heart aligns to mm -hmm. his heart. And then even as I think about that treasure and ponder, treasure and ponder because my heart can get distracted so easily. Like you were saying, Maddie, it's so easy mm -hmm. to be distracted by things that need to be done or other people or unrealistic expectations that I can place on myself. Mm -hmm. Treasure and ponder because I'm prone to wander. Treasure and ponder because his mm -hmm. story should never grow old. When I don't treasure it and ponder it, it may feel repetitive, but it's God's glory mm -hmm. coming down. If we think about the Old Testament um, and God's glory, the other day I was reading some verses on prayer before meeting with someone because we were going to discuss that. And the Lord just led me back to Exodus 33. And we have so many examples in the Old Testament of God's glory, but I love this one because that's before the tabernacle. They just have the tent of meeting outside of the mm -hmm. camp. And Moses goes out to the tent of meeting to meet with the Lord. And everybody in the camp goes and stands by their own tent and they watch him as he goes because it's such an incredible thing. And when Moses goes into the tent of meeting, God's glory comes down like a cloud and stays right there at the doorway to the tent. And so while he is talking to the Lord, the people who are watching, they're not just, they're not just standing now. Now they are so moved. Literally, it says that they just stand and they worship. It says they all stood and worshiped God. Mm -hmm. And when we picture Christmas, like Jesus, we're celebrating Jesus, God's glory. Jesus is full of grace and truth. He is the glory of God, the image of the invisible God. Mm -hmm. And he came down to earth to be with us. And he tells us that we can come boldly before his throne of grace. He invites us to come to him, mm. all who are weak and burdened, to come to him so we can have that soul rest. So that the Lord is just thrilling my heart all over again about mm. the incredible privilege of coming to him, just pouring our hearts out to him, being in his presence, and to reflect that to other people. Do other people stand and notice because I've been with the Lord? Do they desire to worship Jesus because they see our prayer lives, because they see the time that we spend with him, because we are becoming more like him? Are we representing him well, sharing his glory? So those are some of the things that the Lord has just been stirring my heart with and just causing my heart to be just so excited to spend spend that time realizing what an incredible privilege it is, not forsaking that not taking it for granted and sharing that with other people too. Wow. So what has Advent looked like for you and your family over the years? We've done lots of different things. And I will just start out with saying, as a disclaimer, we are so imperfect and we have not done any anything perfectly over the years. So we've we've kind of just like what we've kind of decided what works best for us and prayed about what works best for us. So as I was jotting down the different things, I like alliteration. So 
I realized, oh, these kind of all start with W. So the word, worship, mm. wonder, and witness. So if we look at word, being in the word personally and as a family. And personally for me, what that looks like is just, you know, mulling over the gospels again. Some years it will be reading each one of the gospels. Some years it will be starting out with the Old Testament prophecies, you know, Isaiah's prophecy of Jesus 700 years before Christ's birth. And he's prophesying all of these very specific things by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, sometimes it's going through looking at the covenants, but whatever it is, just soaking in that time, reading over the Christmas story again personally, and then word as a family. For our family that that same year, I bought an Advent wreath, a wooden Advent wreath after Christmas, and we started using it every year. And that was one thing that was easier for us to be consistent with. We had it in the center of our table. We still have it. We'll unpack it soon um, this next weekend. Mm -hmm. But lighting a candle and, you know, Advent, typically you light a candle every Sunday. We just, we just would light it every night. And we picked up a little devotional book at church, at a church service, and it was the names of Jesus. And it just had 25 names of, of Jesus or characteristics. So we would do that. We'd be in the word. We'd read a few verses when our kids were little. As they got older, we would read longer passages or sometimes from mm -hmm. Advent devotional books, but always the word as well, not just someone else's mm -hmm. devotion. And then with that, we would, you know, we'd read that. We would just uh, sing a song too. So that would get us into that worship, singing a hymn, just letting the kids pick it most nights or we would trade off. And when they were really little, it's little like a way in a manger, go tell it on the mountain, mm -hmm. things like that. So they would realize we're celebrating this. We are worshiping. Mm -hmm. And those hymns are just good. We They teach us good theology and they build that robust biblical vocabulary. You don't have to be a good singer either. Sometimes in our family over the years, different people might be singing off key. Um, and that's okay because we could just laugh and we could just keep on going or some people will drop out during the high parts and jump back in. Uh, and it's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect, but that, you know, being in the word together, worshiping and even in the word, just treasure, ponder, are we treasuring it? Are we pondering it? Mm. And then that just leads to this wonder. I can picture our kids mm -hmm. when they're little, and I'm so excited now that our two little granddaughters are two and a half and just about three, turning three this week. Mm -hmm. So they're at, at the, those great ages of wonder and excitement where they're starting to understand all of these things. So the wonder of what God has done and the wonder and excitement that that builds with the kids when you light those candles every night and you sing a song and you mm. come together as a family and turn off all the other lights. Mm. And it's just so special uh, as we, mm. even with the wonder, we would try to create different things where we would make it a reality with our kids. Isaiah nine is so powerful. Even starting out with the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. Mm. So we wanted them to discover and understand Jesus is the light of the world. And what's it really like to walk in darkness? 
So we would do just little games and activities with our kids. Like we turned off all the lights and we had some flashlights, but what's it like in the dark? And kind of holding their hands so they didn't get hurt, but tried to wander around the room, crashing into things. And this is hard. It's hard to be in the dark. People can be scared in the dark. You don't know what's in the dark. You don't know where you're going. You don't know where you are. But then turning on one flashlight and another flashlight and another and lighting one candle and another candle and another and just showing them Jesus is the light of the world. And John 1, 1 tells us mm. that the darkness has not overcome him. The darkness cannot overcome him. So that word and worship and wonder and then witness the last one. And what is our response to Jesus? Just like the shepherds in Luke mm. 2, they are all about let's go. They hear they hear God's word, they hear about Jesus, mm. and they basically just say, let's go. We're going to go to Bethlehem, and they go see Jesus. They spread the word, we're told, about what has been told to them about the child. So what what's an opportunity that we can have to share the love of Christ, to share the excitement of Christ? It could be deep, deep ways. We did some things in our neighborhood when we lived in a neighborhood and um, we would do little like hand out candy canes and talk about mm. the meaning of the candy cane, that it was a shepherd's crook, like Jesus is the good shepherd. Mm. And the white is that he is pure and perfect and washes away our sins. The red is his blood. And um, if you turn it upside down, it's a J like Jesus. And he's the good shepherd for mm. all of us. We did a birthday party you know, often we did a birthday cake for Jesus for our family, but we did an outreach with neighbors and we, and they even helped me plan it. And we went Christmas caroling at a nursing home. And then we came back to our house and I had a birthday cake for Jesus for all of them. And as we cut it, I talked to them about the chocolate, the dark color. That's like our sin. And the white frosting is the is Jesus who makes us pure. And we had some red filling in the middle, some red frosting in the middle, and that's his blood and it covers us and it pays for our sin. And the candle on the top, he's the light of the world. So any little things like that, that we could do to witness, to share with others, the joy of Jesus and the message of Christ. That could even be just, you know, wishing Merry Christmas to your barista and at Starbucks or the lady at Target. And then just saying, you know, how are you doing? Wow, this is a big crowd. You hanging in there? Is there anything I can pray about for you? We're, we're Christians. We follow Jesus. We'd love to pray for you. And sometimes it will just be not much of a response. Sometimes they'll look up and just be surprised. You noticed me. You spoke to me. You care about me. So mm. anything's like that, cookies for neighbors with a Christian Christmas card on there, all of those different things. We also had uh, very common things like nativities. We have a nativity scene. We still put it out every year, one that the kids could play with too, as well as our nice one that mm. was up on the mantle. We had an advent calendar that we still put up every year. Some years the kids acted out the Christmas story with our family, mm -hmm. sometimes with the cousins, and then just having special Christmas books that we would pull out from year to year and and read over again. 
like the crippled lamb, just of that reminder that we don't have to be perfect. We can be the broken people and maybe the world doesn't accept us, but the Lord chooses us and loves us and chose to redeem and rescue us that we get to be his own Mm. people. So uh, every year we would give our kids a special book and just add to that library. And it's so fun to still pull those books out. And we're looking forward to doing that again this year. I love that you have witness in there. I feel like you just encouraged my heart and convicted me even in Advent because I love that you're you're reminding us that the gospel calls us to go and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think even for myself, I'm just thinking about Advent. It can sometimes end up being, you know, right here with me and God and maybe with like my small group mm-hmm. and my friends. Mm-hmm. And I am just so grateful that one of your W's was witness. That's going to really challenge me. And it was so sweet to hear those tangible ways, the the cake and um, the candy cane. Oh my goodness. Those, those were encouraging and convicting. So thanks for reminding us that it calls us to go even in this Advent season. Mm-hmm. Like we don't just want to hold this to ourselves and to our small groups. This is the best news ever. Yes. That during Advent specifically, we should be even more led to to going. We should always be led to going. But I think Advent, I can think of, oh, just me like resting and, and remembering with the Lord. And so I'm so encouraged that that's one of your W's and all of those ways that you shared. So yes. yeah, those were so encouraging. It's so easy, isn't it, to be so distracted that we walk right past people who desperately need Jesus. And again, I don't do any of these things perfectly, Maddie, um, but it's it's easy to walk past people and then realize, oh my goodness, there's, there's someone who they need a word of encouragement or maybe they need something yeah. else. Maybe they need a, res- a resource. Maybe they need, I love how yeah. you and your family do bags for the homeless, make Ziploc bags for the homeless. And we're our small groups going to do that. Your mom is the one who said, let's do this. Maddie's Maddie does this and we're going to, and what a great, that's a great tangible way that we're always ready to share. Here's a resource and here's why here's the resource. And here's why, because we love Jesus. He's changed our life. Here's just one small little gift that we want to give to you because he has given us so much and his his love and his acceptance and his forgiveness, most of all, his mercy and grace. Yeah. Oh, what have been helpful rhythms and tools for you during Advent to keep your heart reminded of the true reason for this season? Mm-hmm. You you know you mentioned rest, and uh, I think that's a huge part of it. Just focusing on slowing down. The Christmas season season usually speeds up. But focusing on slowing down, continuing with spiritual disciplines, making sure that we have that time in the word and in prayer every morning, reading through the biblical narratives. There are so many great Advent reading plans online. Different times we, mm-hmm. our, our church has them. You can just Google Advent reading plan. I've shared so many with students over the years as well. Finding one that works, just printing it off so you don't have to go to your phone because sometimes if you pull out your mm-hmm. phone, then you're going to be distracted again. Yes. So Advent reading plans. There are also so many beautiful Advent Bible study books now that over the, you know, the last five to 
eight years, it seems that there are more mm -hmm. and more. Daily Grace Company, She Reads Truth, there's uh, Well-Watered Women, there's Simply Bible. A lot of those are great Bible studies where you can just do a Bible study with that. I think another thing is community. The You know we like to go to Latin American countries and mm -hmm. to this there's a Latin American tradition called posadas and they go from house to house and they they do it every night usually for like a week and a half for about 12 days before Christmas and every night they go to a few houses and they act out Joseph and Mary going to wow. going to the you know from house to house looking for a place to stay but they have it figured out every wow. night like this night we're going to go to your house last so they go to a few houses and they say no no room and then they go to the last house and like yes come on in and they all go in and just celebrate so just even picturing wow. celebrating in community and that can look like just getting together with friends family what and and intentionally focusing on the lord what's god teaching you doing an advent study like you mentioned with your small group and you know i've i've gotten advent studies with my daughters and daughter-in-law before with friends um some of the girls in our small group are we're gonna do one together the simply bible one and and some women from church too and we'll just have some text groups going meeting for coffee if people can and then I think also for me too, that regular confession, not, not, not um, slacking on any of the spiritual disciplines, disciplines, just regular confession. What God is, is distracting me. Um, sometimes fasting for, if he is revealing something fasting right now, it's from social media and mm -hmm. that, that can be so distracting to me. So a couple of weeks ago in small group, when we were just confessing what is distracting you, I said, you know what, that's that's distracting me right now. I'm going to get off right now. And so I have been the last couple of weeks, but thinking about not making it a season of excess, we want to celebrate and be joyful and there will be extra things and celebrating in the Lord, but it doesn't need to be distracting excess. It can be excess of mm -hmm. community, excess of the Lord, hmm. even intentionally inviting our own kids, maybe on a bag of popcorn, making that a little invitation, you know, family, family movie night where it's just on the calendar. Someone else invites us to do something. We're not going to do that because we're going to slow down and this is going to be time together to slow down, focus, focusing on the Lord, but just being together as a family so that our hearts are not so hurried and distracted. Mm -hmm. And with the Advent wreath that we've always used, it's just a helpful reminder to have that out because you just see it every day. So it's easy to remember. It's right there. Oh, let's light a candle before we go to bed is when we have always done it. Light a candle, read, read scripture, sing a hymn, even if it's just one verse of a hymn, even if it's short or if it's longer and you have time to sit and discuss, but just keeping some of those rhythms has been very helpful for me. Mm, those were super helpful. And I love how you talked about excess, even saying it's not bad. You could have excess of the Lord, being intimate with the Lord, excess of community and being being encouraged by God's people. And that was, I feel like that was helpful in my mind because so often I, I'm so like black and white by God's grace sometimes. And sometimes mm -hmm. he has to make me a little gray, 
but I can be like, you know, no to excess. And I love that you also like flipped the script. There's mm-hmm. Then there's also a yes to something else because you said no, which you basically had said earlier in our conversation too. So that's that's really encouraging. Okay, you have already mentioned some of this earlier, but any more tips for families with kids still in the house, maybe younger, but really any ages in the house longing to practice Advent? I think my biggest advice would even be going back to a um, Henry Nowen quote, and it's, once I'm convinced that preparing a heart is more important than preparing the Christmas tree, I will be a lot less frustrated at the end of the day. And I think wow. it's so easy in our culture. We we love to look at all of the beauty and we love the magnolia look. And I love to wander around hearth and hand section in Target and all those things. And we yes. want things to be so beautiful, but it's so much more important to prepare our hearts and the hearts of our children for Jesus. So we want that to be our earnest prayer and focus. So I would just encourage people, start with prayer. Just ask the Lord, what, like, Lord, how would you lead me in this? As I want to intentionally focus on you, I want to help my children intentionally intentionally focus on you. And then just remember, it's not about perfection. And it's, you know, our tree, our home, none of it needs to be perfect. We want to create that environment of gospel hospitality and rhythms of joy and beauty and rest and worship and wonder and witness. So it it doesn't have to look a certain way. You don't have to do all the things. Maybe you'll start small. That would be my encouragement. Start small and add one thing mm-hmm. this year. Even if it's just grab a candle out of your pantry and light that candle, read a verse and sing a song. Maybe it's just on Sundays doesn't have to be every single day during Advent, but maybe it's on Sunday of each, each, each of the four Sundays before Christmas and light that candle, be intentional in that way, start to create that wonder. And don't we always need to tell ourselves, give ourselves freedom and grace. You don't have to, I think sometimes those who can be more perfectionistic and I can fall into that in certain areas of my life, not, not all areas, but sometimes we might not start something because we're fearful that we won't be able to execute it perfectly or fulfill it completely. So it's like, Oh, I'm not going to start that. I won't be able to finish it. Don't let that keep you from starting those rhythms. Uh, Maybe, maybe you need to simplify it, but just be prayerful before the Lord. It could be something as simple as uh, Advent chains, just taking construction paper, picturing those where you attach the different loops. You could just attach them, staple, attach them, staple. And maybe you just pull off one of those every, every night. Or maybe you have one word from a Bible verse on each of those so that by the end of the Advent season, you have a Bible verse memorized as a family and you're just adding one word a night. Maybe each of those could be something else like a, a Bible verse and a song to sing or a craft to do or, you know, one thing little by little. But just so that you're anticipating, you're making it special and showing your kids this is a special season. It's always special because Jesus is always with us, but we're celebrating mm-hmm. and we're preparing to celebrate when Jesus came 
and we want to think all year long about how Jesus is going to come again. I love all of that. I'm so grateful for all of these tangible ways to, and just the fact that you were like, start with asking God, like start with asking the living God what he would have for your family. I'm so encouraged by that. What do you wish you could tell yourself 10 years ago during this time of the year, the, the holiday season? Mm-hmm. That's a great question, Maddie. As I thought, it, as I thought about that, I was thinking, um, don't fall into that bondage of unrealistic expectations. I think I, I, one of my big desires is for everybody to feel so loved and love all of their presence and to mm-hmm. not compare and to have the f- perfect gift for each of our kids. And that's not a realistic expectation. So I can be prayerful about that. Um, I can be intentional about that, but to let go of that Mm -hmm. unrealistic expectation. I'd tell myself that 10 years ago, and then I continue to remind myself of that today (laughs) too, in all honesty. Mm -hmm. I think also don't fall into the comparison trap. Just because one of your friends is doing something doesn't mean that you have to do that Advent thing, or just because they're taking their kids to this place, you don't have to take your kids to that place. So not not letting myself be uh, compared to others so much. And then also just remembering mm-hmm. sometimes less is more. What, there was one year where we did three gifts and it was one for your heart, one for your head, one for your hand. So something that you could do and mm-hmm. something that a book that you could read and enjoy and then something that the they really loved that was something we did one year it it was a slower um less chaotic year because we didn't feel like we had to do all of the shopping we didn't want to do that every year but it's okay to mix things up and change things around and not have to mm-hmm. always you know not have to always do all of the things And then I think just reminding myself, reminding anyone listening, intentionally choose to be a Mary over a Martha every time that you can. Mm -hmm. Never forsake that just sitting at Jesus's feet for doing one more thing Mm -hmm. because your kids will benefit also when you are spent, the more time you spend at Jesus's feet, the more that your children, the more that your spouse, if you're married, the more those around you, will benefit and the more, of course, you will benefit from being fulfilled, focused on him and on mission for him, living with the purpose and the joy that he desires for us. Mm, That's all so good. I know I keep saying that after every question, but I'm seriously just so encouraged by all of this. And I and the part where you said it's a we did that one year. And then we like changed the next year. Mm-hmm. I think that 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 mm-hmm. was probably like maybe the quote unquote least spiritual bullet. But I even like uh-huh. like it. I feel like God used it to refresh and encourage me that like even if you haven't been memorizing scripture scripture with your kids, you can start tomorrow. Exactly. Or even if like if, with anything, even if you've never practiced Advent, if someone's listening, if you've never practiced Advent, and even if you listen to this on December twentieth start December 20th. Like, you yes. know, it's never too late to start or to try something new. Maybe you're, you've are you never done scripture as a family. Try it this year, you know? And so that was just encouraging to me and really all facets, facets of life of just like, it's never too late to start, specifically like 
looking forward to Jesus's coming back and and pondering and treasuring Jesus and and just asking him yeah what what he's longing for you guys to do this year and it might be different the next year and so that was that was freeing for me to hear just even to be reminded you're not behind like no one's ever behind yes you know you're free to start today and so i don't know that the, all the bullet points stuck out to me but that was that was encouraging for me that's such a good point as well. And if if you miss a few days, don't be discouraged and just say, oh, we can't do this. This isn't for us. Just jump right back in. That's okay. And you don't have to catch up. Just jump back in wherever you want mm. and just choose a passage. Luke 2 is so powerful. It has so many different aspects. Just take a portion of it. You know, you could take the mm. Mary portion and the Zechariah and Elizabeth portion from Luke 1 and 2. You could take the shepherds. It's so, all of it is so good and so deep and so rich. Just take a little bit at a time and then add more. I love that. Okay. What does it look like for us as believers to live in this season of waiting and anticipating the second advent year round? Mm -hmm. We always want to remind ourselves of the gospel every day and just remind ourselves of Jesus who rescued us, our loving father who demonstrates his love for us, that even when we were sinners, Christ died for us. There was a, a young woman that I was in Bible study with this summer. And when we were talking about reminding ourselves of the gospel every day, she said, every morning before I get out of bed, I will say Romans six twenty three as a prayer to remind myself of the gospel. So she just wakes up and before she does anything else, She'll just say, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Wow. And then she gets out of bed and everyone just went, wow, that's a great way to remind yourself of the gospel every day. I deserve death, but I have life in Christ and I have a purpose mm -hmm. and I'm loved and I'm accepted and I'm redeemed and he's transforming me. What an amazing thing to remind ourselves of that every day so that as we remind ourselves, we are longing for him to come back and we're longing for his return and we want to live purposefully. We want to steward our time and our talent, our treasure, our resources well for him and mm -hmm. to live on mission. One of my favorite Christmas hymns is Charles Wesley's Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And I think it's the second verse that I think speaks so powerfully to expectantly uh, expecting Jesus's coming, second coming, waiting with that, that longing. And it says, born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, his first one, but born to reign in us forever. So is he reigning in my life right now? Now thy gracious kingdom bringing. Am I, am I working toward um, his kingdom? As am I living out bringing his kingdom to those around me? And then the next part says, by thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. So am I surrendering day by day, moment by moment to the Holy Spirit? That's a great way to live expectantly. And then the last part is um, by thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. So it's not in my strength, 
on, on my own, I can mm-hmm. do nothing, but it's in his strength, living, abiding in him for his glory. And I think that's, I think Charles Wesley nailed it all of those hundreds of years ago with those mm-hmm. powerful words, of course, because they are straight from the Bible that you know he just mm-hmm. put in verse there. But I think that's just a powerful way to just marvel that God came down to live with us. God's glory, Jesus in the flesh came down to live with us and he is coming back to take us with him. And don't we want to look forward to that and have so many others who are going with us as we as we go to be with him forever. Hmm. So good. Okay, what is a piece of scripture that God has been using to encourage you with lately? Well, when you asked me if I celebrate Advent, I had already been reading over these different passages just in preparation for a, a brunch coming up where I'm sharing something. And so being in Luke 2, 21 through 40 was just so powerful. So many times as I day after day just kept coming back to that same passage, the Lord just would bring me, move me to tears, even reading it and sharing it with, with my husband and other people. And it's, um, the part of it, one of the parts that stood out to me so much is Mary and Joseph as they come to the temple. So Jesus is is only about eight days old. They're offering their, no, actually, I guess it's about 40 days. Um, eight days was when he was circumcised, but that's not the focal point. So he's probably about 40 days old. They're bringing their baby boy to the temple and they're bringing their sacrifice, a, a, two, two birds, a dove and a pigeon, because they can't afford the lamb but they're bringing the sin offering and the burnt offering for their baby boy. And as they bring these and just picturing being at the temple, watching that bird slaughtered and the blood poured out and offered up for their firstborn son, I was just struck with, did they have any idea as they're watching this, the slaughter and the blood poured out that their baby boy would one day be the sin offering for the whole world and for us. Mm -hmm. Just picturing that as a parent, picturing that with this beautiful, precious baby and that he would be that perfect lamb of God. And then right after that, after they, after they take him in to the temple, we have Simeon and Anna and I'm just I, I've just been kind of obsessed with them. And maybe as it, as it's as I'm getting older and they're these older people in the temple, they're really old though. Uh, they're, you know, we know that, that Anna is 84. I don't know if it tells us how old Simeon is, but I'm in awe of them and their anticipation. They've just been waiting and hmm. waiting and longing and longing for the Messiah to come. So as we celebrate Advent, that longing and anticipation and faith. It -hmm. says that Anna never left the temple, that she stayed in the temple praying and praising and fasting all of those years. And when you calculate it, it seems like it's about 60 plus years that she would have been in the temple just waiting, but her faith didn't falter. Sometimes we pray for things for 
a few weeks and think, oh God, why aren't you answering me? So I just think if anyone out there listening is waiting on God and just waiting and longing for him to answer that prayer, waiting for Jesus to arrive in that situation, Mm -hmm. that desperate situation of brokenness that needs to be Mm -hmm. redeemed, whether it's a relationship, whether it's, Mm -hmm. it's the faith of someone you don't know, whether it's a, a health issue, whether it's a, a marriage, whether it's a job, whether it's a ministry, whatever that is, waiting for a child, whatever that is, that he is in the waiting, that God is in working out his perfect plan. Galatians 4, 4 tells us in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, which is so good that God sent his son. He waited for that full that perfect timing. And we see that all through scripture. So I, I've just been so moved by the beauty of that. And then they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Simeon just marches right up. It sounds like it sounds like he just kind of grabs baby Jesus from their arms and starts praising out loud, which is so incredibly beautiful. And just thanking God that he has sent his son, his Messiah. And he says, a light to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So even that, that would be so offensive to the Jews right there. Like what? You're saying the Gentiles, Mm. the Messiah's for the Gentiles? No way. But Mm. Simeon is so bold and he is full of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't care what anyone else thinks. He is boldly proclaiming and praising and worshiping. But then this part, he turns then and it, you know, I picture, we're not told he looks right at Mary, but He's saying that, and Joseph and Mary are both marveling. He blesses both of them, but he says directly to Mary, and let me pull it up here as he is talking to her. Um, let's see, in verse chapter two, he says directly to Mary that, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Then he says, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So then Mary does have some inkling. Maybe she understands more than we know. But farther down in verse 51, then she's pondering again. So the power of, it's not just the beauty of the Christmas story, and it's not just all cute sheep and shepherds and wise men, but it's the brokenness and the difficulty and the hardships of, you know what? Jesus is going to expose people's hearts. He's going to shine his light in the darkness, and there are going to be people who oppose him, and there are going to be people who rise up. And it's going to be so painful, Mary. It's going to be Mm. a sword piercing your own heart. And even in God's Mm. graciousness that he prepared Mary for that, that he prepares us for that. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said, but take courage. I will overcome the world. He still overcomes, but the beauty of him redeeming even the broken, even the lost, even those who hate him, when they turn to him, even when we were enemies of Christ, he died for us and he longs for us to come to him. 
I've just been so moved by that entire passage of scripture. Wow. Thanks for going in. I think there's a, there's a quote or someone said about like Bible teachers or maybe specifically pastors. And I know you're not a pastor, but how they, they go into the gold mine and they dig up and then Mm -hmm. they like share it with others. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking right now that that passage by God's grace, you just like, Oh, unpacked it in a new way. And Mm -hmm. I can't wait to then read it this Advent and even for years to come when I come to that Mm -hmm. passage to get to be so encouraged by Simeon and Anna and getting to reflect on 60 years. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. No. Like, I mean, I, I'm just like, Lord, allow me to be like Anna where I do not grow tired ever of just anticipating either you taking me or you like you coming back and taking me and uh, gosh i feel like more than ever in, in this time and space in this generation of so much stuff even in christian circles so much just stuff and i just am like God is continually speaking. I feel like to so to so many of us, yes. stop being distraction. Stop being distracted. Rid yourself of these distractions. You know, look at Anna. She doesn't leave the temple for sixty years because she's praising and praying and fasting. And then Simeon is like, "This is the this is the appointed one. This is him." You know, and uh, I'm just wildly encouraged by that story and just God's. Reminder specifically to my own part, to, to my own heart this last month, and using you, I feel like to bring it to a crossroad too of like, Maddie, there is nothing worth being distracted away from anticipating me coming back and giving yourself fully to the mm. to, to the gospel, giving yourself mm. fully to my mission to bring this good news to the nations and to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's just like. Uh, just smacking me across the face in the best way that I'm just like, my heart is just stirred and I'm praying whoever's listening to this too, that their heart is just stirred. Whether they're listening to this Advent episode in six months and it's March, you know, like I'm praying that it's like, make me like Anna God, as I just anticipate and wait for you to come, not getting distracted by earthly satisfaction, earthly beauty. I feel like God, the last couple of weeks specifically, brought the word prominence to my heart, revealing, mm. Maddie, you long for prominence mm. on this earth, and that's going to lead you to despair because your hope is in yourself and your hope is in man's approval. If you're longing for earthly prominence, yes. that's fleeting rather than... Yes eternal things, me, Jesus, me mm-hmm. alone, putting mm-hmm. your hope there and even just graciously showing me specifically in the last couple of weeks, like you're distracted from me and it's a compilation of things, but he's been so kind, like specifically a week ago, I feel like I'm living back in the freedom of like, no, mm-hmm. God, I want to be sold out for mm-hmm. you alone. Gosh, thank you for picking me up on the same curb again that you did 10 months ago, showing me that I was distracted. I just imagine him driving up to the curb like, 
oh, you're here again? I'm here, but like so <laughs> graciously. And I'm like, oh, God, I am. And thanks for coming back again yes. to pick me up on the curb yes. of distraction and longing for my own glory. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Thank you that you have so much more for me in yourself than any of that could ever offer. And that leads to despair and destruction. My own longing for my own prov- prominence or glory or anything else in this world, any any hope in this world ultimately leads to my despair and my destruction. And I was like, God, what perfect timing for you to bring my heart back to yourself right before Advent so I can just yes. reflect on your prominence. Mm-hmm. And, and even after this conversation, Carolyn, go be a witness. I was just chatting with Alex a couple days ago. And by God's grace, we have the church and community, right? Like other fellow believers to remind yes. us to remind us this truth again and again, Sunday to be fed the word by our pastors, to be reminded again. And this last week I just was like to Alex, oh, I just pray that we would never shrink back from being sold out for Jesus. And when mm. we do, by God's grace, he brings us back. But I even just think about how the enemy wants even me to think in my head and I can believe these lies sometimes like don't be too radical don't call people to read their bibles mm-hmm. don't get too into Jesus like I can like hear like don't be the crazy one and I'm like be gone enemy I will gladly yes. be the quote end quote crazy one for the one that came and died for me to pay for my eternal mm-hmm. debt and damnation and separation from God that came to pay for that and reconcile me back to God and and ju- just God's kindness to bring me back to him this last week. Not that I had renounced him by any means, right? but like, I'm like, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. I got, I got lured back into Western world. Please help me every yes. second. And I pray that I am sold out for you, completely radical for you. I pray that I'm Anna, 60 years into the temple, living solely for you alone. I just was like, God, thanks for picking me up on the side of the road yet again when I thought that I was important. (laughs) Amen. And isn't he so kind and gracious? And even when... He picks us up again and again and again that he doesn't condemn us, but he convicts us and he comes lovingly alongside and leads us back. And I think that's the thing is that we don't, we don't arrive here on earth. We, I mean, Romans eight, we're living in the power of the Holy spirit. And in, you know, we're, we're, Peter tells us that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness, but we need to complete continue to renew our minds with his truth, continue to share it with each other, or we do slip back in. And I found that in my own life so many times that we don't just arrive of, oh, I will never struggle with people pleasing again. And I'll never struggle with, yeah, you know, pride again or comparison again. It's we need to com- continue to just put up his truth and remind ourselves of the truth of who he is and what he's done for mm-hmm. us and what he promises and who we are in Christ and that he's coming yeah. back. And the Bible doesn't give us that. Here's plan B where you can just be the 
mediocre Christian who doesn't take things that seriously. We don't see that in the Bible at all. That's not one, that's not one of the things that Jesus calls us to. He calls us to turn. He calls us to leave things behind as we as we follow him. And so that reminder, even you saying that was just so encouraging and good for my heart as well. And I'm sure those who are listening that we don't fully arrive, but he does give us victory over sin. And we need to keep putting up the truth of his word. And it's when I'm not rehearsing all of those biblical truths in my mind, I kind of call them my power verses. You know, when I'm not rehearsing, I mean, I'm still in the word, still in prayer, but if I'm not rehearsing those truths in my mind that I can slip back in and kind of think, oh yeah, like I used to struggle with that. I'm good now, but it's so, so crucial yeah. to keep focusing and removing the distractions. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, I was like, just really discouraged about a sin in my life, sin of pride. I was just like, gosh, God, am I always going to... Is this always going to – am I going to be 50 and I'm going to be like, ugh, and I'm going to be 70 and I'm going to be like, dang, I thought just – the thought that just went through my head like was so prideful. Like, oh, I'm just like sad, God. And there was a compilation of things that then happened. One was God reminding me that I wasn't this sad about my sin four years ago. So mm. – but I can rejoice mm. in that. He was like – Good. You didn't even, even though it wasn't external things that I necessarily did, it was just internal dialogue, these like few things that like happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, so I'm, I'm causing you to, to be, to grieve over your sin, which is something you can rejoice in. And then he graciously showed me, I was like, so sad about it. I was like, why am I so sad about it? I'm like, so sad about it. And I read all of Philippians one morning in his providence. And he was like, your confidence is in yourself. You thought, mm. I surely I've been like walking closely with Jesus for zero years at all. No, it's been like four, but that's like pretty much I'm an infant. But he's like, you were like, you've been confident in yourself. Surely I should be able to not think that now or not do that. And he had to remind me again, any confidence in your flesh will lead to despair. Yes. Your confidence can only be in Jesus's righteousness that's been imputed to me. And so that was like so sweet and freeing. And then the next layer of that was also you're finding yourself drifting maybe back into some old ways that I had brought you victory over. And it's because you're distracted and not relying on me. Mm -hmm. And maybe saying my power versus like you were saying, rehearsing and rehearsing his scripture and truth and abiding all day. Not that I wasn't spending time with him every morning by God's grace that that he's helped me build up that habit. But he was like, what about the next 12 hours you're awake that you were distracted Mm -hmm. by worldly means and you're scrolling or you're thinking about posting or whatever it is. And so he was so sweet to then like make that clear hey, I've given you victory over your pride for sure when you're glorified with me and you get to rely on my righteousness, even though you will be battling sin for the rest Mm -hmm. of your life by the power of the spirit. And also, let's just do a quick inventory on where you're actually really loving the world right now. Mm. 
And the list is long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, that's going to lead you to despair whether like, and I'm going to use this sin. You be sad about it to also show you that you're you're not relying on me and loving me with your whole heart, soul, mind and strength, which I won't do perfectly like we've talked about. Yes, we will fall. And then he's gracious to be like, hey, Maddie, you're distracted and that's going to lead you to despair because I have way more for you in myself and I have way more peace and joy and freedom in me. So if you go that way, you're going to be sad. You're going to be striving. You're going to be exhausted. Mm-hmm. But I have more for you and myself. So he's so gracious. I mean, that yes. was a many compilations of longer than even a couple weeks. But like him being like, hey, I love you. Come back. And yes. me being like, oh, it reminds me of like, I don't know, you're my mom maybe like picking me up from the sleepover. I swore I'd spend the night this time. And she's like, okay, you know? And then she's like, here I am. I'm not mad about it. I'm glad to pick up my daughter that I love. I'm glad to wake up at midnight to drive across town. Like I just, he's smiling saying, glad to have you back. That's right. That's right. I love you. This is all to protect you. This is for your good. And now that I have your attention, yes, let's, let's chat. I love that. That's so good. And even when I had reached out to you and been like, I mean, literally last week, or this was not that long ago that I was like, hey, thinking about doing an Advent episode, would you be on it? And you just being like, oh my goodness, I get the opportunity to speak on this at a brunch. So I've been, I've already started. I've been, Mm -hmm. I've already been like studying these scriptures and God's overwhelming me with their beauty. Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, God thank you. Like, and also I haven't recorded a podcast in a long time. And right when God decides to break off distractions this last week, then he leads me to chat with you. Like, I'm just like, God, thanks for just leading us and guiding us, bringing us back to yourself. Oh, I could just, yeah, talk about that forever. And we will, and we will talk about that forever. He is so faithful. Okay. What are you loving right now? Could be literally anything. Anything at all, what are you loving? One thing is I was going back over pictures from this past year, just kind of thinking about Mm. Christmas cards coming up and like, hmm, let me just look back over some of these different things because we've had a lot of sweet and special times. So that was just a, a sweet time and a time of reflection and just being thankful, it you know certainly wasn't a perfect year and there were amazing and so many joyful things. And then, you know, also a few difficult things too, but just in God's goodness to be able to look back at his abundance in our lives and his Mm. kindness and his graciousness in just so many areas and so many answered prayers in our lives. So that that gave me great, great joy. And it made me, just like when we are joyful in Christ, we want to share. So it made me want to show Scott and our son, Nathan, who's home. Like, look, look at this mm. picture. Isn't this good? Remember this? So, so mm. fun. I what about that. you? What about you, Maddie? Oh, what oh are my you gosh. loving? Oh, I wasn't prepared for you to bounce that back at oh, me. Let's sorry. see. What have I been loving? No, no, no. You're good. I, I, I love this question. Hmm. Well, this is a fresh what I've been loving because mm-hmm. this is – I just started – a few days ago, Elizabeth Elliot's Through the Gates of Splendor. Oh, I love her. <laughs> yes. Have you read that one of her? 
I have. I've read that one I'm a few assuming. times. Yes. She's definitely one of my heroes. Oh, my goodness. I texted. And then I also started listening to her podcast or compilation of old speaking things. And today I listened to like three. I just can't get enough. Mm-hmm. God's so good to send uh, to give us saints before us. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I So I, I texted a friend. I'm only 40 pages in to Gates of Splendor, and it was 100% already changed my life. That's fantastic. She she was such a godly woman. I definitely count her as one of my mentors. And I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to meet her a couple of times at, wow. at women's retreats. And she she's just no nonsense. And she's all about she was all about Christ and all about his mission, no matter how hard it is, no matter how painful, how difficult, just so focused on Jesus, but but not perfect. And you see that yeah. there's a there's a newer book um, that's it was maybe written just a few years ago. I'll have to think of what the title is. Oh, I think it's called Becoming okay. Elizabeth Elliot. Becoming Elizabeth okay. Elliot, where they take a lot of her journals and with her daughter's mm-hmm. permission take a lot of her journals and a lot of her books and they put together her life story and you see just even some of her personal struggles that she just laid out before the Lord and how he was so faithful in her life. But yes, what an incredible woman of faith she was and is. Wow. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? I don't think so. I think just encouraging people to fix their eyes on Jesus. I just think if you're boiling it down for kids, it would just be, you know, look up at him, look in, let him search your heart and then look out. How can you love other people well for Jesus? But it's been so much fun talking to you, Maddie, and so encouraging. That's just the beauty of community where it's just so encouraging to be able to share truth with each other. And I've been, I've been so encouraged by you and by your words and by your passion for Jesus. Mm, Carolyn, thank you for saying that. And just thank you for sharing so much wisdom with us, so much tangible wisdom, and ultimately just pointing us to Jesus over and over again for the last hour. I seriously am just overwhelmed at how sweet this conversation was. I'm like, I need to, I'm going to listen to this conversation to listen to you um, a couple times a year. I, I'm like, I'm just going to repost this one every year for Advent because truly God has given you so much wisdom and just sweet, tangible ways for us to look forward to him coming back. So thanks for leading the way and for taking the time to chat with us and encourage us. And to anyone listening, uh, if you are listening to this whether it's November 25th, if it's posted by them, we'll see, or December 10th or March 5th, whenever it is, the encouragement is that you would surrender your life to the living God. Trust that by him sending his son Jesus to live the perfect life, then to die the death that we deserved on our behalf to pay for our sins and reconcile us back to the living God, then raising from the grave, defeating sin and death. The encouragement is that you would surrender your life and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and reconciliation to the living God and just bask in the freedom and enjoyment we have 
and getting to know the living God and looking forward to Jesus coming back again. It is happening. Whether we get to go to him first, Mm -hmm. he, he decides that our earthly life is over here and he takes us or he comes back. It could be tomorrow. We don't know a question that I can't remember where I first read it, but that I love to think about is if Jesus were coming back tomorrow, what would you be doing and why aren't you doing it? Yes. It's the last part. Why aren't you? Why aren't we doing it? God, would you help us to be like Anna, to live with expectation, anticipation that you are returning and to get stinking excited about it because our hope is in Jesus and he's coming back. So Carolyn, this was so sweet. Thank you so much. I love you. I love your family and truly just grateful to God to have you as a mentor and a role model in my life. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Maddie. It was such a privilege and I love you and your family right back at you. So much gold from Carolyn Oaks. I'm praying you leave listening to this episode whenever you're listening to it, refreshed and encouraged to remember God sending his own son, Jesus, to step into history as a baby to then save us from our sins through the cross. And also praying that you'd be spurred on to hope and know that he is coming back. Stop and ask yourself that question today. If I truly believe Jesus is coming back tomorrow, what would I be doing today? And why am I not doing it? God, what is distracting me from abiding in you this season? God, what is distracting me from living on mission for your glory? Ask him to guide you and spur you on to spread the good news, the best news you've ever received. All of the resources mentioned have been linked in the show notes. They will also be included in my monthly-ish newsletter. You can subscribe to that in the show notes as well. Our book of the month for December is the one that I mentioned in our conversation through Gates of Splendor by Elizabeth Elliot. When I say faith-changing, I mean faith changing and I'm only 40 pages in. I can't wait to read it with you and your friends and I can't wait to rest in the living God this Advent season with you. As the world is telling you to do more, be more, strive more, let's push back the darkness and abide in the living God. Then let's ask God to help us step out and be a witness like Carolyn spoke on today. If this episode was encouraging to you at all, would you rate or leave a review for the podcast? Or would you consider texting it to a friend and sharing it to your social media spaces? That is a tangible way you could help get this podcast into the hands of others if God used it to encourage you. I'm praying that he will with others too. I would so appreciate it. As always, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to maddie at sunnyand65.com, maddie at sunnyand65.com. Friends, go be bold and love big, and we will see you next time.